Do you have food? I love food. If you bring me food, I will love you. Food is red. Are you red? Some people are. Some people are full of food. When you bite them, the food comes out. Some people are full of metal though. They are not food. Do not bite metal people. You may hurt your mouth. And then it will be harder to get the food out of people. And then I would be sad for you. I have just given you good advice. The price for one good advice is one red food. You owe me red food, friend. I love you. Bring me the food. Welcome to Machine Learning, a pod about the machine from Pod Against the Machine, the only podcast with a supplementary podcast with a 25-word title. I'll be your host today, Jeff, because I can say the name of the podcast correctly, which just barely ekes me out of victory, moral though it may be. We find ourselves here, machine learning, and to begin, we will recap what occurred in episodes 16 through 20. So overall, we had kind of discussed this cluster of episodes as like, this is the second time that the Very Capable Four are coming out from under the hill. Um, so we're kicking it off with dragging yet another mostly lifeless body out from the water in full view of villagers. And for some reason, we haven't been arrested yet. We're in fact heroes. So uh, we return Connor in the, the first of these episodes, which is huge. It's one of our two major uh, goals as a group. How do we feel about returning Connor in his state? Bad. I mean, it's nice that he's in town. It'd be nicer if he didn't have machines eating his brain, but... Or, you know, used his legs. You, know, you can't get everything you want. Yeah, you know, it's, it's an imperfect world, so what are you going to do? It's He still has legs, right? He still has legs. He does. Yeah, they just so, yeah. don't work Right, I mean, right. he's not in a great space, but he is alive and alive. And I feel good about that. That's good. And we got 4,000 golds. We, yes, yes, we did. And we did get that lovely interaction when we were trying to see which of the local priests was the most capable <laughs> at brain robot healing and then decided, okay, if one of you failed and is using all of your lesser restos, we'll just go to the other for healing. <laughs> I like to think of it um, that it reminds me of, you know, going into a store uh, and you're just kind of browsing and someone comes over and they're like, can you help with, can I help you with anything? And you're like, oh, no, 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 I'm just, just looking. And then even if you were going to get something, you kind of have to subtly back out of that situation, like Homer into the bush, only instead of Homer, <laughs> it's four of us with a body. We're just going to go. <laughs> he didn't have, I was looking for jeans. You only have slacks. 
Sorry. Yeah, Asher tried to distract the townsfolk and say, like, hey, there's a there's a great promo going on at the casino, and that was pretty unsuccessful. <laughs> Though, at least uh, we took advantage of the casino promo after we dumped Connor off at the priest that doesn't turn dead bodies into uh, battle bots. We stopped by and... Allegedly. A large percentage of the group did some gambling, so that was pretty fun. Yeah, it was really nice to, uh, you know, roll some dice and get some random numbers to define the outcome of what it is that I do. It's just a good change. You know, gambling really just kind of mixes it up. I, I think see the listener, what you did It was there. really interesting. <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, I did want to quickly add this thing before we jump to gambling that relates to Connor Bain that I was thinking about recently. Is that, do you guys think that in any way Connor Bain could have come into our possession dead? Or does Spicy Neil, Neil Spicer, know that he wrote such a deadly adventure that they gave us that scroll of raised dead or whatever for one of us, knowing full well that we'd get Connor mostly working. I mean, mostly there. But like, yeah, I, I, I was thinking about it recently. I was like, is there any way that Connor would, would come out of this dead? Or is that just a surreptitious way of them being like, you guys are totally going to die. You wait. You're going to die. You're going to need this. It's for Connor. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it definitely could have been, uh, as was said on the previous episode of this, which has definitely come out at the time that we're recording this, 100% since clearly at the time that everyone's listening to this, it's out. Uh, it was mentioned that uh, a member of the party who shall go uh, unnamed at the moment uh, did suggest killing Connor because it would be easier to get him out of the cave that way. Hey, who was that? Just the idea. So if they, this is what I was going to get at is if they don't want the party to use it, if they're not just explicitly being like, you guys, blinding frog, other things that I'm not going to say because I'm sure I'm going to spoil something because I can't remember where we're at, but lots of dangers. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I truly think that Unless they wanted us to basically reset Connor, that was for us from the get. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, it makes me wonder, and I'd love for Sam to reveal that if he can after book one, because like, was it just a you know a plot tool to raise the stakes of like if we don't find Connor, he's gonna die totally. and get us invested, or is there something mechanical in the AP that you know if we don't get there by a certain day he will die you know because yeah. what if those robots kept experimenting on him and it really makes me wonder i wouldn't be too surprised just from what i know about other ap's that like yeah there really could be some things that if you don't go that if you do things in a different order or you take too long there are repercussions thankfully though we do although we did let them hold on to the scroll it is available to us for when our party inevitably all dies uh they can raise whichever one i think the town should vote maybe <laughs> on like hey which one of these four capable adventurers should we bring back to join these three new adventurers <laughs> now when you say the party all dies you mean the three of us die and asher and, right, walks asher back out of the cave mostly away. unharmed <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I was about to joke, like, so you decide which party member you want to rest because, <laughs> I mean... While everyone else floats through. 
if that happens, it's obviously going to be. We'll, we'll have to decide. Do the fans get to vote? Oh no! Do the players get to bribe me? Oh no! Do I Jeff, think? Do I, I love I... that shirt you're wearing, by the way. I just <laughs> thank you. I hadn't even noticed. Until thank you. I now. definitely wear it every single recording Tuesday, except for one, and uh, I felt weird that whole day. <laughs> yeah, I could tell something was off. I knew because of how <laughs> close we are, Jeff. Such yeah, good. Yeah, I friends. see what you're doing. What? Just because Asher's sense motive is a flat zero doesn't mean that mine isn't Ooh, a plus one. That was a sick burn, if not a deep wound, not unlike what happened to Vargas. <laughs> okay, all right. I feel okay about Jeff hosting because that segue was rough. It was the most natural segue I think I've ever heard. It was I just amazing. looked at the time and realized I've been talking about that scroll for like five, six minutes. So mm-hmm. I'm, that's perfect. I'm just that's what the people want. Kicking the rest of the show down the hill. Let's just go. <laughs> I do want to touch on a couple quick things. One, uh, and thankfully I wrote it in my notes because I didn't remember that we did get a little bit of info about who Parta went with. Mm-hmm. And I have in my notes, Rannick and a couple outsiders. Maybe that'll come up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who's to say? That and uh, why, how Vargas didn't get uh, earn Jero a Sky Medal for his pouring out ones for all his homies <laughs> uh, is so probably good. the... Yeah. The biggest offense so far. Well, to be fair, I did get one for the uh, combination of his vision quest and the Cronenberg uh, uh, guest star in the next episode after that. When I was editing that casino episode, I was like crying laughing at pretty much the Vargas at the bar nonstop. It was just so good. Sorry. And I think I mentioned to you guys uh, that I had an entire list drawn up like i literally went to a website that generates kellid names and grabbed like 20 of them and just thought up the most ridiculous things i could think of for like basically cavemen messing around with spaceships and how they could kill themselves <laughs> and just wrote them all up that's impressive i appreciate your dedication to the craft it's, uh it was well worth the effort quick aside since we're just screwing around a bit does anybody remember kablam with the caveman and the yes. alien skit bits yeah what was that something in zog and it was something like, in bob wasn't it uh bob prometheus and prometheus bob. and bob prometheus yes and bob oh my god Solid. that's wild i'm just yeah I, I like to create fake headcanon on what it is that neil spicer drew on when he was creating this numerian adventure and that clearly plays super heavily into book one I remember that show with mingled fear and awe. Like, I really want to enjoy this, but I'm very afraid. <laughs> Which I think is true of any like anything that came out that like late '80s, early '90s chunk of TV and cartoons was all. I love. Uh, I want to enjoy this, but I'm sad and scared. Action League I think now, primarily of the Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> with all the action figures, Melt Man with the power to melt. That was <laughs> super <laughs> solid. Oh my goodness. Oh, I need to find one of those now. So that's going to be my evening. Thanks, team. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get a new action figure for Vargas in episode 18 with a detachable arm. <laughs> <laughs> because 18 was the, uh, was that was a part shopping, part crafting, part body horror, part bedazzling episode, which I think, 
I mean, granted, it, it typically follows the casino episode in most actual plays, but I think we, we really nailed it. Yeah, I mean, it's normally standard fare to follow up your casino episode with the general shopping. Fam- Don't forget the family reunion-ish moment. There adjacent. was family adjacent <laughs> moment <laughs> that occurred. They were both in the same space briefly. And what was that like for you? <laughs> I actually think we really broke the mold. Thank you for that uh, pointed question, Zach. It was it was a good it was a good time for all of us. I think that's the, as we discussed the standard rolling from casino into body horror, awkward family reunion, crafting episode. I do just want to take a second here and say uh, congratulations again to all of you because I do think that episode really went outside the traditional body horror <laughs> shopping bedazzlement family reunion thing you know we went above and beyond there you don't think you can innovate inside that genre and then here we are just bringing fresh body horror family reunion crafting shopping episodes that follow yeah no totally you hear that listener i mean you figure everything in that is old hat already but we yeah we managed to get it yeah i mean i think we the adamantine spin really worked in our favor because most of the time the body horror isn't kind of isn't that mechanical, you know, as in placing it with machine parts. So, <laughs> what I'm curious did but did we really address in the game? Uh, maybe this is me forgetting, but you you Var, you made a, a a point in the early episodes of describing how the original junk punching arm looked as though it shouldn't be able to even move the way that it moved does the newer arms yeah the new one does the same thing like it's just a bunch of like adamantine scrap like i think they said i said there's like a shoulder pauldron and some nails and like a, yeah. the head like of a sledgehammer school trombone and it just does not look like it should be able to move so that's what around. i was wondering like did it get all melted like i imagine it's really weird to look at I didn't know if it would go, all the parts got melted together and that as you potentially refine the arm, yeah. does it become more and more human-like? But I guess not. Yeah. Although who could say? Yeah, no. I imagine it like they connect, but they don't. Uh, you can still like see all the different discrete shapes like, and it still just looks like a bunch of crap stuck together and somehow moving. Yeah. Between... Asher's flashback and Vargas's dream. We got to learn a little bit more about both of those characters. Vargas's dream got him a sky medal, uh, well deservedly. Yeah, until it got uh, taken away for the next episode with the R. <laughs> no, those were fun. It's fun to write those little, like the thing of the dreams idea of it is basically anytime something happens, like. Whether it's the way his brain's working or whether his god is actually talking to him, like he gets a dream telling, like, hey, stupid, do this. And it's just fun to try to come up with the idea of, like, how that dream would play out for him. I can't wait till he gets one about building a Galarian's first baseball diamond, even though. Sorry. <laughs> I have a feeling that if he built it, people <laughs> that would was just good. show okay. up. All right. Um, good. <laughs> Salt. I prefer to just assist. I am just a platform for Jeff's shining personality to rest upon this evening. I just hold the occasional question. And the sting to his academy. Great. Uh, Okay. 19 is that fan service Brixby Asher 
buddy cop sequence that everybody Jack. has been looking for to unassuming. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had to keep the uh, the role. I'm sorry, the Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12, Ocean's 13 references going. Um, not that I see you as a Linus. I, I clearly see you as much more of a, a Billy Ocean himself character, Jeff. Asher has definitely wow. got that George Clooney Danny. smoothness. It's Danny. Danny. <laughs> I was like, Danny Ocean. It's like a Billy. It's like a Danny. I mean, he could be either in your mind. <laughs> Billy Billy Ocean is Danny Ocean's cousin who has much more of a, of a, ro- a moral rigor and a, and a profundity music. of hat. He went into the recording industry. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah that was uh, a me shock. neither. It's <sighs> just gonna say it. But shame. yeah, no, that was good. Um, it, it is kind of a shame that uh, Jeff and I didn't method act drinking uh, silver disc Jello shots. To, I mean, listeners at home might be surprised that Jeff and I weren't drunk during that scene with the beautiful kind of on the spot improvisation that you've come to expect from both of our characters. But um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't get caught. That's what matters. Was I disappointed that I finally got to jump up on top of something and only ended up almost getting us caught and didn't find anything useful other than that the building slaps? <laughs> yes. Was it still really fun? Absolutely. I'd do it again. Love that for you. <laughs> I was. It's well needed. I would. I mean, I fully intend to do that again for the next casino episode. I don't know. Are there two casino episodes, or is that like a beach episode situation show? Well, the good bottle yeah. episode. I'm sorry. The sequel is what you mean. The you know our subsequent twelve to our eleven, and then thirteen following that. I can only hope that you continue to incorporate casinos that are or are not in the book for my pleasure alone, if not the rest of the party. I'll take some. Yeah, I'll love a casino. I mean, or at least just instances where Vargas can drink as much as he did. If you could just put that in our way. I mean, it really, I could take or leave the gambling, but. At least going into the next casino episode, I will know that, well, and it's not Sam's fault. He was very clear at least three times that we're playing to 20, not blackjack to 21. And I was so pumped <laughs> to get a, get numbers added up to 21, despite the, the clarity on his part, that I am 70% sure I won't make that mistake next casino up. 70% is not bad. That or we roll some D52s. There it is. Why not both? There it is. Oh, man, I was going to make that joke. <laughs> you rock lobster, you. Not Against the Machine, the only podcast where we, we cannot really go a single episode without a freaking musical pun. Uh, and that's endearing. <laughs> it's our brand at this point. It's your brand, and I will quietly sit and nod <laughs> and look less agitated because our listeners think I'm a pleasant person. That's funny. <laughs> you, you, you. Keep me young. Uh, oh, you kidders. Oh, oh I hey. got kidnapped. Let's, oh, yeah. Let's not forget. That's true. Rat-napped. Rat-napped. That's the I mean, you did get in the car, but into the yeah. Buick? 
but it's I don't want to that's like a victim blamey sort of thing like you were coerced yeah I was just gonna say I'm not feeling very supportive right now but that's I took fine. it back it was okay it was less weird than most solo scenes with Sandville so you know it was uh he just better have my money is all I'm Trip saying but a half your money yeah, that didn't sound like Rihanna at all. I don't know what I was doing there. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's the important part. I did. Yeah. Yeah, that's the pot against the machine company company motto. <laughs> we tried, and that's what matters. Okay, guys. I only have a couple minutes before Jeff realizes I'm in here. I know you're out there. I know you're out there. Izzy's fan club. Kira's fan club. Hashtag Kira's Entourage. Oh, wait. He's coming. I hear him. He's coming. Um, what are you doing, love? Uh, hey, Jeff. Uh, nothing. I was just putting your stuff away. Oh, okay. Well, th- thanks for helping. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Hashtag Kira's Entourage. Questions and answers. Let's pull in some questions from our lovely user Discord where people come and talk to each other and also us. And we are big into it because of how we like people. It'll <laughs> 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 be a rough one. You really need more. Of like it. It's like it's like we walked into an episode in the middle of an episode and it's going so great. Well, it's not every day that robots kidnap Jeff. That's true. That's true. I, we're all flustered from the from the robots kidnapping Jeff. That's I forgot about that. You know, I didn't see this this amount of mourning or, or flustered when Brixby was captured by Sandville. Brixby got in the car, and we don't know that, but we know that. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows if you get in the car of your free will, it's not a kidnapping, regardless of what happens after that. It's not kidnapping. That's just like. <laughs> yeah. It's like a fun ride. That's basically Uber. All right, point taken. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, this one from Balandora, or Balandora, which is how I've been saying it in my head, but I'm pretty sure that's wrong. You all wake up in Torch and find out your classes have been scrambled. Whose class does your character end up with? Zach, you go first. Oh, man, I, I sure hope I get Asher because the scurrying swarmer feet is a feat that is not attached to my class, so being able to enter someone's square and just shoot them sounds <laughs> so horrifying in Pathfinder <laughs> combat terminology <laughs> that uh, I'd love to just, yeah, uh, probably that, hopefully that. But it would be pretty funny if I wound up as Vargas with a tiny little mechanical rat arm. Oh, that's fair. Maybe a flavor rat <laughs> tail. Right, because, yeah, I guess this would be switching of classes and not, like, character races so you could just scurry on in there and shoot someone nice i love that for you zach love Mm -hmm. that (laughs) does it have to be voluntary for you to enter their square can you just jump in their squares yeah no um i'm I'm pretty sure i can just enter their square well actually you know what i think i would probably have to be like a mauser i'd have to do like a mauser dip right like the the swashbuckler Okay. I don't know. I'll look into it. As soon as I get a gun, Sam. We will um, know. Fantasy gun, that is. Uh, we will figure that out. 
All right, you guys heard it here first. As soon as Brixby gets a gun, he will be taking a Mauser level and a gun level. Cannon. I mean, if if I have to just little friendly fire in a in an allies square just to get the concept off the ground, it's it's good. It's good. It's fine. No, but we'll do the Mauser dip. So, Jero, what about you? I think it would trying to think uh i feel like if vargas woke up one day and with a gunslinger he'd just throw the gun away and go back to being something else so uh asher is kind of out i feel like the one that he would want the most would be blood rager but the one i the player would want the most i would really think it would be fun playing brixby being that uh dual class Stab a cadaver rat type, or I guess he technically wouldn't be a rat. Uh, stab a cadaver guy. TM, TM. Just the rogue wizard mix is a really neat class, and I feel like I'd have a lot of fun with that. You'd probably play it better, too. <laughs> well, no, that's not a given, especially the way I play my class. <laughs> I'm a frontline fighter, right? And then two turns later, I'm on the ground. I mean, that's how I currently play my character, who is theoretically a frontline fighter, uh, but spends, I would say, a good 45% of combat on the ground, which is why I know I couldn't play Bricks, because you would be dead so fast. Not, and not, I guess not Bricks, but a rogue or a wizard or any combination thereof. Also, I just don't like having to think. That's not fair. It's just, I like thinking, which square am I going to move into and then hit this thing over here? As opposed to planning 16 moves ahead, like if I set up this cloud of blades and then drag them over, I can't. I can't, or at least not with you. It's, it's, that's the game. That's what I do when I'm playing with other players who aren't as familiar. And I was like, I'm going to be so smart right now. Have you ever heard of checking for a trap? And that's it. I don't have to do that when I'm playing a martial character, at least not this particular martial character. That said, if I had to start over, totally be uh, Vargas. Like, it's just the easiest transition. Although the word spell, spell, smash, spell. Oh, the spell combat? Yeah, mm -hmm. I just, that that stresses me out some. But I'm, I'm familiar with the combat part, so um, that's my vote. <laughs> just gonna roll right into a uh, Magus. Super easy. Yeah. Sam, are we playing the role of Jeff tonight? <laughs> Well, you know, I can't do an Asher. I was thinking about it the whole time, okay. and I, I don't even, like, can't even make my face make the movements required. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that was Father Radley. <laughs> I was going to say, like, that's just... <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do it, and a voice is going to come out, and then I'm going to give up. Um, well, I think Asher, the character that I play on this podcast, probably be best as the blood rager uh when he switched characters you know he's just such an angry guy and i think you know he would go into a rage and he would take off his hat and um lay on some hurt to start killing people <laughs> and everyone would see what's under his hat and that would affect things mechanically and so i really want lay on hurt to be an ability now of like an <laughs> anti-cleric i don't know Jeez. <laughs> Anti-Paladin has lay on her. That's where I thrive. That's my brand. Love that. Cool. Uh, well, we answered that question. <clears throat> Transition. Jeff, why do you hate raisins? We can't answer that one today, but it's funny. Um, we can speculate. Do you think he hates raisins, raisins, or like raisins and cookies? Like probably raisins and cookies, right? Because like raisins, 
alone are fine. They're bad for dogs, but for okay, people, well, they're fine. Okay, well, Jeff, don't feed raisins to dogs. And I think we're done there. Uh, okay, from Sir Newt, Team Machine. Um, if your character died right now, what would you bring to the next session? Not that that happens, because we're invulnerable. He took my answer right off the bat. Because, I mean, Brixby definitely has staying power of everybody in this party. Kind of the most durably built. But I don't... I don't want to be mean, but I don't really want to directly answer this question. I can tell, uh, can I answer the Galarn? Can I bring back the Galarn or maybe Mr. TPK? Do those count? Because I don't really want to give my like actual backup character. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. Because yeah, I think I think we've, we've all discussed the idea of having a backup, especially after that like pre- pre-game session. But so without thinking of that answer, second answer, I think I would be Amagus. Because I just, again, really like hitting stuff. And just a little bit of magic. Just a sprinkling, if you will. Um, and then I guess I would get some sort of... I actually don't know how Mega Megas is. Mm-hmm. Those guys work. But my thought is, you know, it's 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 you just hit stuff, but with magic. Which I love. Love that for us. Yeah, You can build one if you're not me and pick the artist's least optimized version of that class and pick one that can use weapons. There is some stuff you get later on where basically, if you pick a scimitar, every third swing is a critical hit, and it's amazing and incredibly broken. Into that. Could do that. That's my short answer, I think. Magus. Zach is <laughs> refusing to answer slash saying Larn. Do you have an opinion, Drew? Or Sam? I... Sort of like with Zach, I don't want to spoil the character that I specifically have in mind for if anything were to happen to Vargas. But you know what, I will share another one that I looked at that seems really fun is the Tech Slinger, which is a uh, gunslinger archetype specifically designed around using the time-worn weaponry that's in this uh, module that we haven't run into any yet but we've run into other time-worn stuff and looking down the tree of that class there's some pretty cool abilities they get later on so while that's not my first choice and like i said i don't want to spoil my first choice because i really like the character and i wanted to be a surprise that is definitely one of my ideas for a backup and if sam kills you enough times one of those probably will show up on the show we'll get there zach are you gonna (laughs) say something you change your mind. No, I mean, like, it's it's not that I'm trying to be coy. Let's just be real. Brixby is likely going to die first. So people aren't going to have to wait that long to meet her. That's it. I reject that as a possibility. And I think that's the end of my sentence. Like, <laughs> look, if it's up to me, no one dies in this game. It's going to be great. I don't feel emotionally equipped to deal with that. And... And if I can't answer the who will I play next thing, I can say Kira will be such a jerk to whoever it is. It's going to be so bad, and I'm so excited. <laughs> not that anyone's going to die, because, again, we already established it's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> Sam, if you, the GM, were suddenly like, no, I don't want to do that anymore, and then join the game as a player, who would be your mm-hmm. Well, were I to clone myself and, and suddenly have a character, probably the Oozmorph Shifter, I think where you can't use any equipment and you can't actually, I think, move for the first three levels or, th- or so. Um, 
but I don't know, off the top of my head, I hadn't really thought about what I would play. I mean, I know how I would break the game based on having seen all the <laughs> stats of all the monsters and everything, but eh, just something fun. I'd probably add an arranged option or some sort of healer to the group that you guys have now, just logically speaking. But I didn't have anything prepared as a backup since I don't have any characters in the game. <laughs> or I have all the characters other than four. Um, I'm not playing it because it was actually an answer to a question that I had on the Discord uh, character creation channel um, where I asked folks what they would play in the Iron Gods campaign. And uh, Jeff Fell, I think, was brought up the mind tech psychic which i actually didn't even know about prior to that if you're not aware look it up it's really cool it's got like a lot of really interesting uh sort of sci-tech crossover similar to what jero had said about the tech slinger it would really lean into the flavor of this campaign but yeah i uh i have something else in mind but it was a really 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 good suggestion i wanted to give a shout out to that person and they can shoot lasers out of their eyes yeah, icing I mean. on the cake. It's a perk at this point. Um, speaking of, kind of, that's like a loose segue. Um, another question from Rain of to have and to roll. Uh, what tech item would you like to add to the game? And that can be like it says all players. I'm this is just a four of us plus Sam probably again because Jeff was tragically dragged off by robots. So uh, we will be asking you to step up, Sam. Thank you so much. I will not be going first because I don't have an answer to this one yet, but. Jero, tech item to the game. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was definitely expecting to be called on first, so I have my answer ready right now. Tech to be added to the game. You know, there's a uh, Starfinder podcast I was listening to recently that some of the enemies had, like, personal shields. I feel like that would be a pretty cool thing to add. And I don't know exactly what kind of tech is in like later level iron gods how much overlap there is with starfinder tech but if there aren't shields like that like energy shield type things that would be a pretty cool thing to add in i feel like just an extra ac boost that's like doesn't stack with anything i mean does stack with everything else so you can use it whenever stick some of the silver discs in it to power it and just i'm like imagining something like the mage armor basically but that anybody can use and that lasts all day that i think would be a pretty fun helpful addition yeah i mean i don't know like where we're necessarily drawing from this um and i should also preface this with saying i'm not super familiar with like what's available in starfinder or the technology guide because i've intentionally not read it because of spoilers and whatnot um, but if I could just import any technology from anywhere in like geekery, I would love to like bring stuff over from the Dune universe specifically. Like when Jero oh, was mentioning yeah. shields, maybe think of sort of like Holtzman effect stuff. Like there's that Holtzman shield that only slow attacks can get through, fast attacks can't. Mechanically, it'd be kind of hard to imagine how that would come out. Maybe like iterative as like strikes couldn't make it through, or missiles couldn't, but only melee attacks could, or. Well, another thing you got to remember is the Holtzman effect. We've, I believe, already fought enemies that you... Actually, did they? Or were those projectile attacks? I'm trying to think what those robots had. 
But uh, one of the big things with those is you hit a personal shield with a laser and it creates a nuclear explosion. Yeah, a mini, <laughs> yeah, a mini bomb. I mean, that's true. That's true. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, other things would be cool. Like, I don't know, like hunter seekers, like the little drone murder things or like, um, what are they called? T-probes, Ixian probes. Because, you know, they're kind of like what Jero said, like, Something that exists in arcane magic, like mage armor. But unlike mage armor, I'm envisioning these energy shields could be stacked on top of traditional armor, providing, or but because they use consumables, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, or maybe not. But in this case, like same with you, you might have to speak with dead or or like uh, detect surface thoughts or whatever. But these are like physical harvesting of thoughts of dead folks or of live folks. Um, I thought that technology is kind of cool. I feel like that's kind of a little step above those existing arcane spells, but it's hard because like Pathfinder's kind of thought of everything. So it's difficult to imagine what else I would import. I mean, um, I would say maybe some portable refrigeration tech to keep my goo tubes nice and cold. Oh wait, no, I forgot canonically, I like to keep them close to my body so they're room temp. So that's... here to get past the blood brain barrier. Without fail, <laughs> like, I am honestly staggered by our ability to to bring up yogurt in every episode. And we're not playing characters right now. This is this is a machine learning. This is us as humans and somehow we are still back on the on the GooTube thing. And if I I just I know, I know, and I don't want to box myself into a place where I'm only allowed to complain about yogurt, but the consistency of yogurt is objectively terrible and warm yogurt? <laughs> That's how you die. That's how you die. You can't have warm yogurt. You can't have any yogurt. I just, I have to come out and say something. Like, I'm sorry to get surreal right now, but it's just, it's just the worst of foods. It's, it's just bad. I, I don't know what else to say. I'm sorry. I got heated. Like gross yogurt. Uh, there was a question about tech. I would like to bring, uh, I was going to say a Teddy Ruxpin because if we're bringing in, again, other technology from outside the world, that's fairly outdated. It's, those are older than I am by this point, but they're so cute and fun. But then I thought the more practical version of that, which I think does exist in Starfinder, I don't know about Pathfinder, is like my little drone buddy. I think those are just real cute and fun. That's what I use in all of my Mass Effect games. I love a, I love a mechanical familiar. Yeah, so it would be it would be the the Pathfinder version of not the Pathfinder version of Kingsley. The Pathfinder version of Kingsley is Kingsley. The not Pathfinder version of Kingsley is like a like a robot, probably shaped like a spider or something that can also explode <laughs> and then reconstruct itself into something like not spider shaped. That's tech. Is that tech? Yeah. It probably doesn't count, but I'm saying it's technical and I'm putting it in the game. No oh, robot spider sounds like tech to me. That's so cute, right? Or something. But how about one of those old Nokia phones so we can get through some damage reduction, huh? <laughs> uh. Just as a projectile or like a shielding situation? Yeah, no, I was imagining like that That has to be on par with like adamantine. Oh, one for of sure. those old brick Nokias. I think you tie that to a stick, you basically have a hammer right there. It's true. We could totally get through that door to the north unless we have already done that because I don't know when this is coming out in the podcast. Or maybe everyone's dead. Who can say? Nokia phones. Tech. Sam, you already know all the tech that will be in the game, but I'm interested in giving you a chance to speak. Unless it's on yogurt, in which case, never mind. Well, 
yeah, it's hard to think of something to introduce to the game that, you know, isn't already there or doesn't reveal like, oh, this thing isn't already there. Not that there's a lot of stuff that jumps to mind on that. And I will say that the uh, voice modulator that Brixby had in episode one, that was a, a Starfinder item. Just like a, a level one Starfinder item that I just grabbed and was like, hey, this will be a cool thing to add. And later on, there may be some tweaks to some tech items to make them a little bit more interesting or mechanically useful. There's one thing specifically I'm thinking of that in the picture looks really, really cool. And then when you read what it actually does, it's like, that's just nothing. So it's like, no, that cool thing is going to be a cool thing. And there's so, probably some people out there that know what that cool thing is. And say, I trust when we get there in the pod, you will point it out. We'll, we'll pause there and make a call back to this episode. Oh, you will know when you come across this cool tech. <laughs> cool tech. Capital C, <laughs> capital T. <laughs> Does Sandville have Brixby's uh, voice modulator? That's Is that what happened to that? Is that secretly going to be of use in the very last book? And we should kill him and get it back? Probably. You should probably hunt Sandville down and take him out for this item that was worth, what, what was it, 25 gold? Oh, mm-hmm. That's not nothing. It's true. That's, uh, I actually don't, I'm not familiar with how gold works real well. Uh, like, probably 16 pieces of toast, though, if this game is set in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> that is the end of all our, like, serious questions, but I typed some superlatives that we never got to do, so I'm going to ask them to you now. Ready? Here we go. I think we've actually, we already came up with an answer for all of these, but I didn't see anyone's work, so um, I need you to talk through this. Superlatives. Uh, Most likely to commit a war crime uh, on accident. Um, Zach, go ahead. Uh, Well, I I was going to say Vargas, but then you said on accident, so Kira. Yes, and... I'm not showing my work. (laughs) (laughs) The whole point. That's a discussion show. I mean, I agree. I I mean, I I felt that that by making the very distinction, um, I made it clear that, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, Kira would would meaning the the best. Actually, I don't know. Brixby with the right technology with the large button. I don't know if that would count as a war crime. I didn't really think I would ask you to define a war crime on this podcast, but do you want to do you want to just break that one open a little bit for us and the listeners about? Yeah, are no, we I talking like that. okay, cool? Is it oh like Geneva God. or is it like I mean, what kind of war crime are we talking? Okay, so on accident, Kira, but also I think Brixby, like you make a good case for Brixby, Zach, because like yeah, it's assuming we haven't yet defined war crime, which I will do in a moment, I guess. <laughs> Like that is, a, I wouldn't, Kira is not cautious by nature, but is much less inclined to just run around and push things, at least giant red buttons, technical things, mostly because she's relatively uninterested in a way that I feel like Brixby could very easily do that and would do that, like to see what happens, Not obviously not with the intent of starting a crime war, a war uh, but he would do it because he likes pressing buttons. This is true. And I only answered Kira because I feel like she's young and impassioned. And right. that, that could lead to, say, I don't know, assassinating a rebel leader by mistake or yeah. maybe perhaps an incumbent sitting president. That seems more her speed. I would say that. Regicide. That, yes. Regicide is more her brand. 
I would. <laughs> it's right decide with a smile, I think. Is the best. It'd be super nice about it. No it's suffering. Alexander Robespierre. TM. <laughs> TM, TM. Um, no, I think that that's, I would say, yeah. If we're looking at it from that POV, which makes the most sense, Bricks would do it on accident, on accident. Like, oh, I pressed this button and accidentally blew up the trade center of some sort, whereas Kira's like, would do it intentionally, but with the best intentions. Um, additional thoughts? Other two folks on the... <laughs> oh, wait, I have... Nuts about it. I was like, I have the definition of war crime up, and then I was like, I shouldn't do that. This is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else thought. No, I think we should get really deep into what is and isn't a war crime, and maybe we can go oh, no. through like some of the real contested ones in history. No, and, like and really, no. really break it down and make the final judgments. And because people uh, look to us. I mean, according to Wikipedia, all it is is an act that constitutes a serious violation of the laws of war that gives rise to individual criminal responsibility. Okay. Oh, the laws of war? Did yeah. you say? Which is also a blue link that you can click to. <laughs> what is a law of war? Yeah, so as our resident Goramite, uh, what do you think the likelihood of Vargas being the answer to this question? He, there is definitely nothing in his backstory that involves attempted regicide or anything like that. So uh, <laughs> clearly Vargas is a good boy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I could absolutely see Vargas being the answer to both of those, intentionally and unintentionally. I feel like unintentionally would be more the way, like, as he was saying, Kira would be, like, doing something and not thinking the consequences of it out. But uh, there's also some people he really doesn't like that I feel like he would not at all care about breaking whatever the uh, Galarian version of the rules of war are when it comes to them. We only have one lawful character anyway, so like, what is a rule, really? I mean, Sam, I think you get to answer this yeah, true. Uh, the most objectively. Well, I think the most likely to accidentally commit a war crime is a fairly close race if you're only considering the PCs, but if you're expanding it to the wider world, I think that Garrett is basically uh, has the same propensity as Brixby to just push a button because it's there, but turned up to 11. And um, Sandville's probably committed a war crime. <laughs> I mean, true. let's be real. <laughs> he's one of the intentionals. Yeah. I'm not going to say he that he wouldn't or hasn't. You know, he's a. He's a complicated guy. Also, uh, depending on how Radley has gotten some of his bodies, <laughs> he may have already actively committed one on screen. <laughs> well, those are crimes against That's humanity. True. Is that the same? Well, it depends if they were dead soldiers. <laughs> I mean, according to this Wikipedia page. <laughs> That's... I have so many thoughts on all of these things. I didn't know that when we were completely off topic now, but like, five laws of war to me those two words just don't you know what we're in a different subject now i think we have a solid case uh Brixby, kira vargas sandville and and probably radley feels like i mean radley i think we're probably top of the list kingsley <laughs> did you say kingsley 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. He hasn't really shown his demeanor yet, but... We have no idea what he's thinking, or you have no idea what he's thinking. That's true. But just like every once in a while, the camera will cut to him, and he'll have his little pinchers folded. (laughs) He's He's just tapping them. I know, and I'm just thinking about that fly skill. (laughs) Horrified. I'm excited for that one. I need Kara to live long enough, too. I guess we could just bring him along. It has, has... has been done other times, perhaps. I don't know. Great. Okay. So I think we all got to vote in there. We don't have an answer, but we don't need to. Uh, we, we touched on the intentional bit, which like 110% feels like Vargas. That would be, that's still my go-to. Who would commit a war crime on purpose? Still Vargas. <gasps> Although Vargas and Brixby would be such a cute war crime team. I would watch that full sitcom it's... about, it's like um like a, like a lighter <laughs> Mr. Robot. <laughs> Primetime War Crimes with Brixby and Vargas. (laughs) All right. We really got to move off the superlative because we are dancing the knife's edge of propriety. (laughs) Yeah, it's right there. You see what happens when Jeff isn't here? That's right. No, we have no moral compass now. Dang it, Jeff. Okay, last superlative. This one's fun and cannot get us in trouble. Most likely to host a a celebrity dance competition. Sam? You go first. Oh. Um, yeah, and we'll say for the sake of you, we can expand NPC characters also. <laughs> Most likely to host a celebrity dance competition. Well, the funniest answer is Vargas. Because Vargas hosting a celebrity dance competition <laughs> is now something I can't stop imagining. <laughs> Here is some dancing. Can I go? As we enter into hour four of the celebrity dance contest, the thundering drums of war pound on. I am not changing the song. It's just hail to the king on a loop. Here we have John Stamos. He has hair. I'm leaving. It's it's, it's a quaff, I guess. Okay, well... Thank you for that, because now I feel like we have our uh, first tier, which we've said several times now, but this for real first tier Patreon content. <laughs> I will support that whole tier by myself. Thank you. Second, most likely in that case. There was some discussion in the chat about Asher, which like TBH could see Asher, more specifically Jeff, hosting like anything. So I don't know if that counts. It would be easiest to watch for sure. But I mean, are there other people? Perhaps the bitterness of fantasy Michael to really, uh, really, really kind of contrast against the lightness of the competition itself. And he was just comparing every comp- the dancer to Joanne, as it were. See, you took my angle of the heel, the, the Simon, because I was going to say Seth with their you suck even though they think they're lauding praise on people <laughs> just their constant you sucks would really just you know get to those Seth celebrities has the paula abdul but um, accidentally yeah. very negative right the, the, the paula simon yes. so in that case but she wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't be hosting them like that that's judge, a, that's yeah. a uh, judge yeah uh, which we hadn't considered this is true i was talking this about the true. more ryan seacrest you can tell how recently i've watched <laughs> a competition show by these references. I think he's still doing it, maybe. I think he maybe is, not. but I, I, I'm i not going to... I'm going to Google it is what I'm going to do <laughs> now because I just made stuff up. All right, so we have a solid, um, if we're assuming 
Asher, no, Vargas is hosting. Asher and Seth are judging. We need a third judge. Briggs feels impartial and uh, worldly. I, I wouldn't go. I mean, Brixby's pretty easily bought. So that would make him an, a, a very lucrative position if the celebrities deigned it worth bribing him. He'd be really into They're it, I imagine. So. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I could see him doing it perhaps but i mean it's it's really let's be honest it's just asher i i I couldn't get over asher just like bringing out you know fantasy bet midler and and fantasy Airbud to dance together i'm sure there's probably better pairings are Um, there this is why i personally don't host uh celebrity dance competitions i I don't know uh we were keeping it in the game but now i'm kind of like but what if zach hosted and was like this pairing of bet midler and Airbud would be great watched a lot of dance competition shows and honestly they never went quite that direction and i've been left wondering why for years now well the question Uh, is i appreciate is there any rule that says a dog can't be on Dancing with the Stars? Let's Google it. Luke Bryan. <laughs> I don't know who that is either. Machine learning. Kill command That's the clap of a pod who has had more than 10,000 downloads. <laughs> That's a 10K clap. Hmm. That's what they call it around the biz. That's, I've heard that. That's how you know. Get a badge of some sort. It's all going in the outtakes. <laughs> you guys are so lucky that I can only do Photoshop and not draw, or I would absolutely have a king's with a big butt that said 10K clap. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the episode guys that's it, it. Call it a i'm night. done good night i'm going to bed oh, good one that's that